This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah, this is Love Sport Radio with your Brentford fan show. Thank you, uh, thank you to the Arsenal uh, fans for joining us this evening. But time to talk all things Brentford with the gents from Be Sotted in the building tonight. Robin Hood. Every day. Well, bro. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Yeah. I'm out my sling for the first time in four weeks. Yeah, and I was about to say, you look like you're, you're missing something. Yeah, no, but um, what we are missing is three points from Saturday, which is a bit of a shame. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Gary Paul, after recovering from, you know, the world's longest cold. Yeah, it just didn't go on and on and on and on and on, but I'm back and ready to go. No sign of hearts on tonight, but we've got Billy the Bee. I'm in the house, and <laughs> I'm... Uh, I'm jolly. This, this, tell you something, I'm very excited about this week because even though we lost against Forest, which is a very good away day, as we always talk about. Absolutely. Great, great away day, but mm, not when you don't get three points. It wasn't as good as it normally is. But this week, all of a sudden, we came up before, ah, this week's a bang, bang, bang. We've got so much going on. We've got, obviously, the radio show today, which we love to do with Aaron. The broadcast. The There's no broadcast <laughs> today. This is the radio show. We might have a broadcast next week. You fair know. play, fair that's play. Right, that's right, that's right. It's all good. And then we've got tomorrow, like I said to you, we're off to the Hamlet. Dulwich Hamlet versus Brentford in the London Senior Cup. Only six quid, wicked bar down there. And we're going to see the B team in action. Nice. And then Wednesday, Dean Smith returns to Griffin Park. Is he back at Griffin Park or are you visiting Villa? No, he's at Griffin, no. Griffin Park. Yeah. First well, time. Game, yeah. You, know what, you know what, Bill? Yes. You, on, on, our, on, our, on our bit of paper, yeah. you've written it wrong. Oh, I have. Well, yeah. uh, well, uh, You've confused me because I thought I'm, I was sure he was returning back to Griffin Park. Yeah, yeah but uh, you are easily confused, Aaron. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just happens. That's right. Now and then, plenty to discuss this evening. We're going to be hearing from the fans uh, very, very shortly about uh, their thoughts after Nottingham Forest. We'll be looking forward to Dean Smith's return and chatting to Villa fan Ryan from Heart of the Heart. We'll be looking at Brentford's first cup match of the week as the Brentford B team travelled to Dulwich Hamlet. Um, and we'll be chatting to uh, Theo Archibald. Plus, we'll be speaking to another Theo from Ford the Hamlet podcast on uh, the line to get his thoughts on tomorrow's match. It's Bill. actually Hugo from uh, Ford the Hamlet. Is it Hugo? Podcast. It is Hugo, yeah. So we've got a Theo from Brentford and we've got Hugo from Ford I'm the easily Hamlet. confused. That's right. But this is all good. But listen, the question <laughs> we were going to ask as well, because obviously we went to Forest. Yep. Forest hate playing Brentford you know they haven't beaten us well, how long is it it's I think uh, seven games six seven, wins one draw um, yeah. yeah that's right they haven't beaten us since uh, they haven't beaten us for ages but mm. um, and we always beat them at the city ground but it was one of those typical ones we go ah we like going down the city ground and then they beat us Yeah, and we were very unhappy tears and everything like that but the question we're going to ask though is because we've had a great run we haven't lost since the 10 past and um has the bubble burst? No, nah, not at all. Um, I think that it was um, it was a frustrating game. It was a frustrating um, loss to take, considering uh, the performances. Um, I'm sure we'll get to what we what we were talking about. But yeah, I don't think the bubble's burst. You're gonna you're gonna lose some time. It's about how you bounce back from it, and I've got faith in the players to bounce back from it. <sighs> I mean, Gary. I mean, Brentford, great run, Macocho. You know, put him into the mid uh, into the midfield. He's done a really brilliant job. The, the, the you know we got the wing backs. We got three at the back, but we were a little bit. Pedestrian on Saturday. Uh, was that down to um, Martin O'Neill and uh, Keane making us pedestrian, or, or did we just run out of steam? Possibly. Uh, it was a, a microcosm of our season, really, in the sense that we look good and we're not getting the result 
you know, too often we just don't get the result that our performance deserves. Okay, and but is that down to us or is that down to them? Or, or the I, other, the I think I think to be honest, I think when you have as much possession as we have, you can't really say that it's down to the opposition. It's got to be down to you, and you've got to use that but position. In, in, in reality, though, they've got some really decent players in in that lineup for us. I mean, don't get me wrong; they play Ben Osborne out of position. But if you look at their lineup: Ben Watson's experience, FA Cup winner; Bonatini's experience has won promotion; Joe Lolly's been on form; Lewis yeah. Grabben's getting goals. So you know they've got some really good quality all over the pitch. I mean, I, th- I was I was there on, on Saturday, and to be honest, Joe Lolly was the only player that you mentioned. The Joe Lolly, Joe, Joe Lolly, Joe Lolly was the only player that actually sort of. Stood out for me. I thought uh, the rest of the players for, for a bit for desperate. It was a fella though who came off uh, the bench to win it, named after a steak. Yeah, was it w- Wag? Am I yeah. saying that Wagyu, right? Wagyu, Wagyu, yeah. Yeah. Wagyu beef. Yeah, Wagyu beef. <laughs> but, uh, but the annoying thing about it is, again, we did Forest win it or did we lose it? Because we basically gave them two goals. And I know it sounds like you're being, oh, you know, Brentford. You know, you can't say. And look, but, but the fact is that we actually did give them two goals. We did. Yeah, we dominated the game. A lot of the fans, if you check out their forums, you know, LTLF and stuff like that, they were talking about saying, you know, it's all right, you're playing your pretty football, but if you can't play the ball into the right areas, what's the point? Which is a very good point. But the fact is that um, Forrest beat us. Yes, they did. Yes, they got a couple of lucky goals. But I've got a lot of Forrest mates, so I'm saying this with all due respect. They weren't. They weren't very good. They, they were they they were distinctly average. I thought I thought the pitch certainly didn't help either. It was a bit of a pudding of a pitch, particularly in the corner areas where some of our silkier players, like your um, your, your Ollie Watkins and your Ben Rama, like to play their football. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I definitely would say that we gave them two goals and lost the game as opposed to them winning it. Nice ground though. That's no, lovely. Oh, love City Ground. Love yeah. the ground. Absolutely love mm-hmm. it. Uh, let's get the reaction from the fans following that defeat on Saturday, where Brentford lost two one at Nottingham Forest. It was one of those games we didn't really, really get going at all. We, we, we had a, a lot of possession during the middle part of each half, um, but we seemed to make mistakes today. Um, I'm not really quite sure what happened. It was a miscommunication for the first goal. The second goal, Bentley just came and he didn't get anywhere near a punch. Um, it could have been three. They missed a penalty as well. It was another mistake. Um, it looked like Konza lost possession. He slipped over the ball. They broke. And I don't think we deserve to lose. Um, I don't think we did enough to probably come away thinking we should have won it. A draw would have been about right, I think. Not the greatest opposition day, to be honest, but you could see that there were some individual errors today. Certainly a mistake for our first goal, but great penalty saved twice by uh, Daniel Bentley. Fantastic to see that. But yeah, just not quite on the money today from the lads. Flutter at the back. Sorry. Bentley from the corner. I don't know, it's the individual errors, I think. is same as we were under that run under Frank where we couldn't get a win. It's the individual errors that cost us. It's a strange one. We had the chances. It didn't feel like we ever got going. Pretty disappointing today. Uh, I am worried that we've regressed to uh, previous offensive uh, inefficiencies. Uh, a couple of soft goals today. And we struggled to break down a team who, at home, played pretty much like the away team, to be honest with you. Uh, we, we weren't at our best, I know. You can credit Forrest that for the, that as well, the way they set up. It's not, not great for a home team to do that, but we struggled today. Do I think it was a fair result? No, I don't think I do. I would have been happy with a draw. Okay, uh, the champ, the ex-champions of Europe have uh, scraped home 2-1 against little old Brentford and they want to love it. So, okay, um, do you know what? That'll do me. If you'd have told me this in the fourth division days, um, I'd have been happy with that. So, do you know what? I can't complain. Good day out. I mean, you know, we, we had a surprisingly large amount of chances, but at the time it didn't feel like it. It felt a bit a bit dull, a bit sort of uh, listless. Um, but, you know, we did play a little bit of football. We were the team trying to play football. Um, but, you know, we made a couple of mistakes. Um, uh, Bentley's flap for their second goal, and probably Bentley came out um, a little too too early should have left that to the defender for the first goal um, and stayed on his line but yeah it was it was, it was quite poor I, as I said I think we came down to their level and, uh, but but we, we you know our goal was nice I think we, we made some decent chances uh, but there just wasn't that that Brentfordness about us today I thought I was quite disappointed we're a football team that for three years have constantly out 
outperformed other teams and lost football matches. So what, 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 what's wrong? I mean, I might be being a little bit over the top because we've lost the game today, but we are constantly punching above our weight, constantly being the better team in football matches that we end up losing. So how do we change that? I don't know. This is Love Sport. Love Sport. Yeah, goal in the uh, in the Premier League this evening. Wolverhampton Wanderers taking on Newcastle United. It's Newcastle uh, have got uh, have got the have got first blood. It's Isaac Hayden with the uh, with the goal. Fifty six gone there. Wolves nil. Newcastle one. Bill. Tell you what though, very very good point by the cat and hat on the train there. He was really he, you could see he was hurting hurting badly because what he was saying he was saying we dominate all these games we tell people we play beautiful football but we at the end of the day we don't necessarily win all the time and how is that going to change because are we going to go through our whole life telling people we play beautiful football but we don't necessarily win especially when you come to teams like Forest, who like I said you've got lots of Forest friends so it's not a disrespect of them but the fact is that they play a different style of football to us they came out there I think they were, I think they took the front and they were just basically quite industrial they were a bit bullyish and they 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 got the two lucky goals and they beat us and it is quite frustrating because you can go on about the style of football that you play all the time but at the end of the day it is the three points that you need to get it's a, I mean it's a results business and what I will say is I thought their football was very effective against us you can't deny that um, it wasn't exactly pretty to watch and I spoke to a couple of my mates who are Forest fans and they certainly didn't think it was pretty to watch nor were they celebrating the win if that makes sense but you can't can't deny the fact that it was a results business, and the Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane effect has probably had uh, a very positive effect, actually. So, yeah, I mean, I know exactly what you mean, and it has been a problem for us. Um, I mean, if, if you go back to last season, the QPR game, where we controlled it, and all of a sudden they bring on a big guy, and they end up scoring two goals, and we lose two points. But is it again? Is it a case of the makeup of our team? Because I mean, I I little think about this the other day, and I was thinking, are we so technical that we we want to be so technically perfect that every single player that we bring on is technically perfect they they play brilliant football they play beautiful football where we won't bring on the old beast we bring on you know we won't play a, a we, won't, we won't have a terry uh, terry hurlock's probably a, not a great example but terry hurlock you know inside a team with also really really technically proficient players even though terry hurlock can pass the ball around as well but um, part of that part of that technical ability is dealing with you know the big six foot four guy who's bringing the ball down in the air, and you just still have to defend it. I mean, you, you look at the again, Forest goal, whip the ball into the middle. Okay, Bentley missed the ball, but again, we've you know, we've got situations where we're not dealing with things which we feel that we should be, where other teams will do. Now, I suppose there's a balance up saying that other teams will be able to be great in the air and they'll defend these crosses, but then after when it comes to being technical on the floor and passing the ball out from the back, they're not as good at. So is it one of these things that we just need to kind of put our hands up and say, look, we can't have everything. We've we've got, you know, we've got 70%. We can't have 100%. Yeah, well, I think... um there are certain styles of football that work well with certain teams. I think we're very, very set in our style in terms of the nice passing technical play, using the width, bringing um, centre-backs forward out of the um, out of the defence in order to bring the ball forward. Um, I don't necessarily think that we need to sort of hold our hands up and go, look, this is the way we play and nobody likes it. I think we're certainly, compared to last season, I think we're certainly better at mixing it up with the more physical teams. I think you've got players like Dalsgaard, players like Malpe, who whilst they may not be the strongest, I know Dalsgaard's six foot four, but whilst they may not be the strongest, they do have that ability to hold the ball up and to mix it with um, uh, with, with big strong uh, teams like Nottingham Forest so I wouldn't necessarily say it's a detriment to us I think it's just something we need to work out how we play against the team that defends uh, with 10 men behind the ball I'm going to ask a question okay I wasn't going to mention the Swansea game on Sunday which is the FA Cup game that we've got but I'm going, to, I'm going to mention it now um, 
but also there's, there's a bit of a coach situation at the moment now because all the coaches are sold out people have bought tickets <laughs> for the game and we have men are free coaches and all it's the coaches have gone Brentford. so there's a big, big uproar and so it's there's like you know, we've had Pitchgate a few years ago we've now got Coachgate you know what I'm saying where people have got tickets to the game but they actually can't get to the game but I'm sure that would be sorted out in the there's next day there's always a gate two. round the corner that's Bill. right there's always <laughs> a gate but always. coming back to the Swansea game like I said to you we've got a cup game at the end of the the week we've actually got a cup game tomorrow as well which we'll talk about in a little bit but do you think at Nottingham Forest on Saturday these players had one eye on that cup next week no I don't think so there's two games before that cup yes I, mean, I, I wouldn't have thought so either I thought I thought I thought they were quite diligent in the way they were playing on Sunday on Saturday rather I don't see I didn't see any sort of focus shifting towards the Swansea game yeah but you said they're diligent again in our production meeting that we had in the White Hart beforehand we always have a production meeting in the pub beforehand which, a production is, meeting, yeah. which is very very productive <laughs> um, you said that and I said as well that you know the team was they they lacked the intensity hmm. they didn't play the same way as they'd done beforehand so you know you know you, you know Sawyer's you know or, or Ben Rama they didn't have the same intensity as before is that because they're tired or is it because they might have been focusing on other things? No, I think I think it was down to the the effect of the Forest style on our on our, on that one game. I wouldn't I wouldn't say there was any focus on Swansea at all. Like 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 Gaz just said, there's um, there's the Dulwich Hamlet um, B team game that some that some of those players and then there's also the Aston Villa game. And I I think there are a lot of players in the current squad that will be thinking I really cannot wait to um you know to, to play against Dean Smith and prove what smash, I was smash smash Dean smash, Smith, 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 yeah <laughs> Dean smash um so yeah I'd say there may, may have been a focus arguably there may have been even more of a focus on the Villa game than the Swansea game I'd, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a big game Swansea away all due respect well, oh, that, actually, well, we left. Okay, we'll talk about that because yeah. I mean, again, we didn't want to talk about the Swansea game, but it's interesting. We had a little, we had a little very unscientific WhatsApp poll, and I was going to talk about that later, but we might as well talk about it now um, because we're still talking about football. Where we are saying, okay, we got Swansea, we're up for the cup. It's the first time we we're in the fifth round for 14 years now. We're playing Aston Villa, which is Dean Smith. Um, would you prefer if you were able to win only one game and lose one game that's all you had you lose one game you win one game would you rather beat Aston Villa and lose to Swansea in the cup or would you rather beat uh, Swansea and lose to Aston Villa in the cup and I think on that poll that we had about 20 people all said that they would rather lose to Villa and Swansea, if that was the option in the cup, and the one person that said that they'd rather beat Aston Villa was yourself. Yeah. Um, the reason I said that is because I'd, I love a cup run. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely love a cup, and I'd love to beat Swansea, and I'd love to move on to the next round. But what I would worry about is would the cup run be detrimental to our our, our, le- our league position? And let's not let's not beat around the bush here. We're si- we're still seventeenth. We're not by no means out of the woods yet. And I think a win over our former manager in a midweek game underneath the lights to really to sort of bounce back from that Forest game would be more valuable than beating Swansea beating Swansea away and then moving on to potentially a not very big tie in the FA Cup course <laughs> listen to that. this is a longer conversation we'll have to get you on the podcast on Wednesday Pride of West dot London because I'll I be think, there don't worry I think, I, think, <laughs> I think you're absolutely gazing because Fair listen enough. no but it's true I understand yeah. and, I, and I take your passion for that one but listen FA Cup fifth round the chance of being in the last the quarterfinals mm. and one match away from Wembley and you know listen I, I want to beat Aston Villa all day long but you, you I think <laughs> I admire Have I caught you off guard, Bill? You caught me off guard. <laughs> I think you, you have thrown me here, and I'm, I'm on the floor. You've got. A, I think it's a rather simplistic view, which is fair enough of 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 one or the other. But I just think that. I think that cup run gets everyone going. It's got the fans going. It's got the players going. Everyone's got a different vibe, and I and I think that's I think that's really important. Just quickly. No, so I think at this stage of the season and where we are, losses don't affect our season greatly. A win against Swansea would. It will because everyone will be behind us. Can I can I just put my hat and say I would love I want us to beat Swansea. I'm not saying I don't want us to beat Swansea. Don't believe you. But, no, it's all over, mate. <laughs> given 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 the choice between the two, I'd say I'd, I'd personally say Villa, but I'm not Brentford manager. Tell, what do I know? Tell you what, if we lose, it's going to be all your fault. Fair enough. Yeah. Cheers. Cool. Uh, let's talk uh, Dulwich Hamlet versus Brentford. We'll do that next. Love sport. <laughs>
Yeah, this is Love Sport Radio with your Brentford fan show. Delighted to welcome on uh, Brentford winger Theo Archibald. How are you, Theo? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Good to uh, to have you on board with us. Um, talk to us about this fixture tomorrow. Uh, Brentford taking on Dulwich Hamlet in the London Senior Cup. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's really nice this year that we've had um, we've had a couple of um, competitions to play in. You know, playing for something, hoping to get into the finals and things. Um, whereas last year was, you know, it was all friendly based. Um, and they're tough games, you know, you're playing against men's teams, like tomorrow they're going to be a big physical side, and um, it's a really good test for, for a lot of players who haven't experienced men's football especially. It's all good there. Theo, this is Billy Bear. How are you doing, mate? Hi, I'm very well, thanks, Billy. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'll tell you something. I mean, I know, Theo, you came, obviously, from Celtic, you came to Brentford, and, uh, and, and you've gone through the whole B-team thing with a path through to the A-team. Just tell us, yeah. what's the difference between Celtic and Brentford? You know. Well, I mean, uh, part part of the reason why I was so um, interested in signing for Brentford initially was just that I, I, it seems like there's a, there was a clear pathway, and um, the, there is, you know, you just you just got to look at Chris Metham, for example. Obviously, the probably the most successful and recent example. Um, you know, you can get caught up in um, big academies and things. I feel like, and it, you know, it all looks great playing for playing for a top academy and stuff. But um, by the time you get to nineteen and twenty, opportunities can be limited. And I certainly found that. Um, I certainly found that at Celtic, and uh, when the opportunity came down to um, for me to come down to Brentford, um, it just seemed like there was a real clear pathway. You know, just there being an A team and a B team, um, it almost gears you up to to being able to move into the first team um, when called upon because you follow the same structure and everything like that. So um, there's just, there is, there's a, there is a clear pathway and I think that's one of the big differences between Brentford and a lot of the, the big academies down south and up in Scotland. Uh, yeah, Theo, uh, Robin here, good, really good to talk to you. Um, I just wanted to speak about Forest Green. Obviously, you were on loan there this season. Um, what, yep. sort of, what sort of um, experiences and learning lessons did you get from playing in the first team there and the whole Forest Green experience? Um, well... I feel like I probably developed more off the pitch than actually on the pitch. Um, just with with being a part of a first team dressing room and, and one that was pushing pushing for promotion. Um, you know, with you know, it's the same as the championship. There's 24 teams. It's quite it's quite an intense it's quite an intense format, especially the first half of the season. You're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, um, which is quite different to. You know, being at a youth academy or a B team, where there's a, a lot of it is training based, whereas the, for my six months at Forest Green were were really game based. You know, there's, you know, you could go through two weeks and you've maybe only done two or three two or three proper training sessions. It really was all about um, just focusing on the next game, game after game, Saturday, Tuesday. Um, and I, I really enjoyed my six months there actually, and, I, and you know, I'm hoping I'm hoping they do well for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, so it leads to obviously a bit of a step down from the championship. Uh, with yep. all due respect, uh, what was the? What, did you notice any significant differences? Because you played a couple of games for the first team for Brentford as well. Uh, did you notice any yeah. significant differences in the sort of the championship level to the, the League Two level? Um, well, I mean, I suppose if you look at the championship these days, there's it's, it's a pretty cultured league. You know, there's a lot of um, a lot of guys coming from from all across the globe, really. So um, I think there's that. You know, there's guys. There's guys coming from South America, from from Europe, all these kind of places, and they obviously bring a they obviously bring a different type of a type of game. Whereas League Two, there was a lot of English based players, um, along with probably probably the physicality is the main thing, just the the base level of fitness and and the, the pace of the game, the, the strength of players is probably one of the biggest jumps. But of course, I mean it, it's two, it's two divisions apart, so the, the the quality in the final third, you know, I think perhaps in League Two, you know, you could maybe you can maybe give teams two or three chances and they'd not necessarily score, but in the championship, it's a hell of a lot more ruthless. You know, if you, if you give away a chance, the chances are, you know, it's going to be in, it's going to be in the back of the net and you're going to concede a goal. Listen, Theo, you, you've had a, a... I'd say you've had a, a range of, uh, of different styles of, of food in your journey. <laughs> <laughs> you, listen, listen, at, uh, at, at Forest Green... You, yep. you're, you're very much halloumi burger, you know, as you know the vegan very vibe much. down there. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And then only a few weeks ago, you gone full on bratwurst as you played uh, Bayern Munich, wasn't it? Yes. Which yeah. which one tasted better for you? It wouldn't well, have been halloumi though, would it, Troy? Because halloumi's made of dairy, isn't it? 
Well, the the funny thing is, um, I've actually gone pescatarian myself. Oh. Um, so when we went to Germany, I wasn't I wasn't actually bratwurst, although everybody else was. I'm actually, um, I think the forest green effect has had an effect on me, and I, I've gone <laughs> I've gone all pescatarian. Um, so, but of course, don't get me wrong. Of course, if I if I had the choice to choose between a, a you know a nice bratwurst hot dog and a halloumi burger, I think I would probably choose the former. That's right. Listen, uh, just Chris, it's interesting that. Has it, has, do you think that's had an effect on you on, on the way that you train, the way that you feel um, psychologically? Um, you know what? I mean, it was just it, there was just a gradual cut down of um, red meats and chickens in my diet, and um, partly to do with obviously eating only vegan food at Forest Green. So you know, I wasn't eating for breakfast and lunch. There was no meat involved, and so it was just the only times I was eating meat were. Um, just at night times myself and I just kind of I would I just gradually cut down to the point where I was I was almost not eating meat anyway and so I just decided to cut out of my diet completely and you know what I, I, I do feel clean um I do feel cleaner for it I think I can still get you know all the necessary dietary requirements through eating fish um and and not being quite so heavy as you know some sort of chicken or or you know a steak that kind of thing so um I, I do feel I do feel the benefits for it and um I'll be honest, I wasn't too great with eating veg before now, and uh, this has really made me eat some more veg, so my plate's full. So I'm not, I think it's definitely benefiting me, yeah. You don't, fish, you don't eat fish with your hands, though, do you? No. <laughs> Obviously not, it's, it's a bit in joke. But, but listen, just moving it forward as well, because I've called about that, Bayern Munich, because Bayern Munich, we play Bayern Munich, and you beat them 5-2 on their own turf now how was that going because yep. we were pretty impressed we actually got to fly yeah. over for that it was i saw the snow it's pretty cold but that, that was a really impressive result yeah no it was um it was uh it was it was a really good performance i think it was only my first or my second game back having been on loan so i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't too sure of you know a lot a lot of the players you know there's been quite a there's been quite a new flux of players coming in uh, the first half of the season so I wasn't aware of and um, I think the Bayern Munich game well everybody knows the stature of the club and so it's a real tester for for, a, for, for anybody going across the Bavaria and playing against them but um, the fact to come away with 5-2 and they, you know the scoreline wasn't even flattering you know that it could have been it could have been 6 or 7 and it was a really impressive performance it's great to go away to, to those kind of places you know it's, I think that's one of the big benefits of you know, not being a part of a league that you can go to these top academies all across Europe um, and and play against play, play against some of the best teams in the world and the best best youth teams in the world. Um, whereas you just wouldn't get that opportunity if you know you're having to play to play on a Monday night some somewhere across across England. You know. And, and and the thing is, I mean, we're talking about the balance here because, you know, one minute you're playing Bayern Munich and then next minute you're playing Wingate and Finchley in the quarterfinal of the London Senior Cup, which I was at that game as well. And yeah. uh, that was a proper humdinger, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, totally. But um, you know what? I, th- I, think that's, I think that's really important, especially, you know, the, the squad's really young now. So to get, to get the opportunity to play against top European sides and then get a taster for... You know, sixth and seventh tier English men's football is is really beneficial because you know to play in the championship, the championship probably has a bit of both. It's got that physicality, but it's also got the you know just the the actual technical talent which um, Bayern Munich had. You know, so I think it's 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 really good development for everybody. So listen, the game just quickly. We've got to just quickly just talk about. Obviously, we've got a game tomorrow, Dulwich Hamlet. Seven forty-five kickoff, yep. Champion Hill, six pound to get in, three pound for you know for uh, concessions. Really, really great place, but also they're a good side. They got promoted yep. from the Bostic League last year. Playoff final I was actually there at the playoff final behind the goal, and it was very, very exciting. Four thousand odd people okay. there. So you know, so listen, yep. it's going to be a tough game for you. How do you prepare for this one? How do you think you're going to get on? Um. I think well, we just prepare the same way we go into every other game, um, and you know we played against Dulwich Hamlet at the the beginning of last season and pre-season the B team. We won one nil. Um, so for a few of the lads who played in that game um, last season, they're going to know what they're all about. And you know, you know, it was no, it was no easy game. Like like you just said, it's going to be it's going to be a tough game. They're going to be a big physical side, and it's a semi-final at the end of the day, albeit perhaps not the most prestigious of cups but 
it's a semi-final nonetheless, and everybody's everybody's a professional. Everybody's going to want to win with that added incentive of of winning, and you're in the final or something. So um, we've just got to go in and prepare prepare the same way we always do, um, and hopefully play a little bit better than what we have done in previous games. I don't think we've done ourselves justice. Um, over the past two or three games so um, maybe that's even more motivation to put things right tomorrow Theo thank you so much uh, for joining us this evening uh, Theo Archibald Brentford winger there looking ahead to the game against Dulwich Hamlet we're going to be uh, talking to a Dulwich Hamlet fan next Hugo from uh, Ford the Hamlet joins us Love sports. It's time for the first of our two opposition views tonight as we look ahead to the Brentford Bees uh, taking on Dulwich Hamlet tomorrow at Champion Hill. Let's talk to Hugo from Ford Hamlet. How are you, Hugo? Yeah, very well, thanks. How's it going, mate? Yeah, very good. Thank you uh, for joining us. Um, first and foremost, you know, Dulwich Hamlet back playing where they rightfully should be playing. Yeah, exactly. We're delighted. We uh, we moved back, played our first game on, uh, on Boxing Day at home and it was... Uh, yeah, just the the best uh, Christmas present we could have asked for, really. Uh, listen, I mean, Hugo's Billy here. How you doing, mate? Yeah, very well, thanks. How are you? That's good, that's good. So, yeah, big game tomorrow, actually. I mean, I know that everyone says that's a B-team versus the, the Hamlet. and it's a, But yeah, still, it's a cup game. And uh, from what I can understand, you guys are very excited about it. I mean, I'm very excited. I know I've got quite a few of my mates coming down as well tomorrow, so we're all very excited. How is the vibe in the Hamlet camp? Yeah, we are we are excited about it. You're absolutely right. Um I don't know if you've been having a look at our, our league results, but um we're in a bit of a relegation battle ourselves, you know, s- uh, survival in in the conference south is very much our priority, but you're right. This is a this is a semi-final against a a reputable club like yourselves and um yeah, it's a chance to get to to a final and of course we have to take that seriously. I mean, that's right. I mean, I, I put a little bit article today up on besotted.com so if you want to check it out, it's up there as well, which uh, just gives a little bit of a panning out between the two sides how the B team have done, you know, they've played different games from, you know, we've been we played, you know, QPR and we played uh, Wingate and Finchley and then we played, you know, Bayern Munich and then also you guys had a great win against Welling on Saturday as well, but then I mean, I was there a few weeks ago when you played Chelmsford, which uh, you know you bit a little bit unlucky, but you lost that game as well. And obviously, you had a couple of games as you know you played Hampton recently. So your form's been a little bit iffy, but at the end of the day, it's a consolidation season for you, isn't it? Yeah, that's absolutely right. I think it, it was always going to be tricky at this uh, higher level, and especially beginning uh, the season in a different ground, like like you mentioned. Um, now we're back. We're starting to figure out what systems are wor- working. You mentioned that Chelmsford game where we didn't play very well at all, but slowly we're starting to find out a new system. We've rejigged a few of the players, we've brought in a few new signings, and um, yeah, I think we're hitting form at just the right time. And uh, it might be a trickier game than some Brentford fans are imagining tomorrow night. I, 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 and, and I mean, if you don't know, I mean, the Brentford B is a bit of a bit of a weird one. I know a lot of people sort of say, "Oh no, B teams ban them and everything like that." But for us, the B team has been a situation where what's happened is that because uh, we had an academy and our academy, every time we got a decent player, we kept on getting nabbed. We we we, we, we scrapped that and we, we started this B team up where players actually get a chance to get to the A team. And and also what they decided to do is to they rather play against teams like yourselves, like Dulwich Hamlet, as opposed to playing sort of you know uh, in this league, which they felt that didn't necessarily mean so much so it's actually sort of quite exciting for us so for, for us to come down there I mean, um, is, is actually quite good now one thing about this is that we've played a couple of games at Griffin Park where they've opened it up to everyone we played Man United once we played Liverpool once as well and I think we had a crowd of over a thousand at Griffin Park for that we made it free for all and it was quite a good vibe I mean, I've been to Hamlet, you know, as you probably know, quite a few times. You know, if Brentford aren't playing, you know, I've got 55 games for Brentford a season, then I'll go another 10, <laughs> 15 for Hamlet. So it's like, it's not very popular at home sometimes. But that's not the point. But, um, you know, last, like last summer, you know, it was great. Playoff final, you know, 4,000 people at, uh, at Tooting. Really good vibe. You know, at, at Hamlet now you're getting 3,000 sellouts as well. You know, where they're getting 500 people sort of being turned away from the door. On Tuesday night, tomorrow night, um, it's not going to necessarily be as big a crowd as that, is it? Uh, it's probably not going to be quite as big as we've been having in the league recently, but I think we can expect a decent turnout. Um, hoping you guys will will bring quite a few along. And um, if you do come down, we've just uh, redone our clubhouse. That's one of the big things we've done since we moved back. It's looking fantastic. New wallpaper, new pool tables, uh, great selection of beer. 350 pints. Um, 
we'd uh, we'd really love to have you along and uh, have a chat and hear about how your season's been going as well. And I have to say the Dulwich Hamlet Clubhouse is absolutely wicked. It is is really good. Massive bar, loads of beers. And if you don't want to go and stand in the cold, you actually watch a game from beyond, you know, beyond the the glass there. And you can actually watch the game from the bar and have a good pint there as well, which is all good. Always good. Yeah, best of both. Always good. Uh, one of the benefits of non-league football, That's I right. guess. Indeed. You know, no, no blinds drawn. Fifteen right. minutes before uh, before kick off here. Um, thank you so much uh, for joining us, Hugo. Really appreciate it, Hugo, from Ford the Hamlet there. And I'll see you us. tomorrow, Hugo. Yeah. Well, he's 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 gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's, done. he's, already, he's already down the ground, isn't exactly, he? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> warming up them lines, he's laying out the red um, carpet for us. Wolves nil. Newcastle United one is the score at the moment in the Premier League. Eighty-three minutes played there. On the way back, though, we're going to begin our uh, preview to the game that uh, also takes place this week. Aston Villa uh, on the way down to uh, to Griffin Park, and it's the return of Dean Smith to Brentford. This is Love Sport. Yeah, this is your Brentford fan show on Love Sport, looking ahead to the game uh, midweek between uh, Brentford and Aston Villa and the return of Dean Smith, gents. Dean Smith is back. And uh, before we go to this whole point, I have to keep saying, I say this every single time, Dean Smith is a lovely bloke. He's a really, really nice bloke. And he, to be fair, he came and he turned Brentford around and he was really supportive of us and what we were doing. And he understands what we were about. But he obviously got a gig that, you know, he decided that he had to move on to. So a lot of people sort of say snake. But I, I don't do the sort of same snake thing as other people might have done with other people that have moved. I think Dean Smith has done a really great job. He's moved on to Aston Villa. To be quite honest with you, of course, I don't want Aston Villa to finish above us or beat us or anything like that. Not at all. But Dean Smith is a person. I think he's brilliant. He's a lovely person. You could tell by the, you know, the, the around the club, they're still, you know, you know, Thomas Frank. I text Dean all the time. I'm chatting to him. So to me, I'm thinking there's a lot of respect there for him. But at the end of the day, we are playing Aston Villa tomorrow. And basically, on Wednesday, we need to smash them. We do indeed, yeah. We do. If I have my way anyway. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. I think um, I've got a lot of time for Dean Smith. I think he's done a a fantastic job for the club. um, And I can understand him wanting to go to move to manage his his hometown boyhood club. Um, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I think, you know, given uh, the results that Aston Villa have had recently and their quite wide open games, lots of goals being scored, uh, we like to play the attractive football that we talked about earlier with regards to the Nottingham Forest game. Um, Yeah, I'm very, very looking forward to it. Question though, I mean, and the Villa fans will be fuming when they hear this. We haven't lost a Villa since 1953. I mean, they'll they'll pick holes in that, but let's let's just let's just put the facts in there. We haven't lost to them since 1953, and in the last five games, we have won three and drawn two. So they haven't beaten us in quite a long time. So How many times have you played them since 1953? Well, obviously three five and two times. Is five, isn't it? Yeah, Fair play. It's, no, it, it stands though. It stands yeah, it, though. It, it does. That's easily confused. Saying, you know, it's, 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 how you, it's how you massage the facts is, is important. So listen, we haven't, we haven't lost since 1953. Um, one, three, we are a bogey side to Aston Villa but I'm going to say that very lightly because also Norton Forest fans were saying on Saturday oh my god Brentford bogey side we don't want to play you and bang that record went out the window so tomorrow you know it could be a little bit of a Slightly different because Forest Forest did beat us um, early last season, but um, yeah, I mean, I I, I do th- you know I think Villa have lost every time they've come to um, Griffin Park, um, and we've gone there and won. So I do think that we do have an Indian sign over them. A Indian sign. So Dean, I mean, we talked about Dean Smith. So what kind of reception? Do you think Dean Smith's going to get when he comes to Brentford? Um, there'll be some boys out. Um, I think it'll be a fairly ambivalent reception. Some people will cheer, some people will boo. Um, I, for one, will applaud. I think he did a great job for us. And I You'll think do neither. Yeah. Uh, you will not cheer, you will not boo, you will applaud. I will, I will, I will respectfully clap his walk across are we the ta- Are we talking about respectfully in the way that when a, when a pilot lands a plane and you clap, or are we talking about respectfully like you know when you're in a theatre? No, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to clap respectfully as in, former manager did well, um, but I'm not going to cheer for him because I want us to beat his team. It's weird. He's got tw- he's 20 games into his spell at Aston Villa right now. It's that many, I, really. I, I just, I really think that they, they shouldn't do anything in terms of, like, there's a lot of weird like stuff going out on social media. Obviously, social media is something that yeah. bosses how we look at things these days, but a lot of fans already just like say, he's not the man, he's not the man. 
have you seen the amount of tripe that's in that squad? Like, genuinely, the stuff they need to get rid of. You know, they've still got the likes of Ross McCormack lurking around, um, Scott Hogan, players like that. Jedinak's on a massive contract. Michael Richards. I can't remember the last time he kicked a ball. He can't remember the last time he kicked a ball. It's true. Yeah. The thing thing is, we, we as fans, we're geared up to see a team lose his sack the manager when there are bigger issues at the club. The, the, a lot of these the fact that they still got the Scottish Cafu at right back exactly <laughs> yeah. so, I saw that goal that was brilliant yeah so, so, so but they've also got you know they've got some good players like they've got Kodja they've got Abraham they've got McGinn um, Grealish who's obviously injured which is you know they believe it's playing a big part in the fact that they haven't won recently as well mm. but the interesting thing and we're going to get the we're going to get um, a run on in a minute to just talk about these things the interesting thing is that Smith Dean Smith seems to be going through a similar type thing with Aston Villa like what he was going with Brentford where we play some great football sometimes but all the time is that you you're losing games that you feel that you shouldn't be losing and also you are letting in goals Aston Villa have let in the second most amount of goals I think it is in home or is it overall in the whole of the division and I think the, the team that's only less than more than them is Bolton Wanderers which is which is pretty much is a pretty 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 decent record that as well there's also a few articles out as well which is um, 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 David Anderson who I see he's scribing at the moment now but he's doing a little match up between Dean Smith and uh, and and uh, Thomas Frank and they're talking about the difference in you know philosophy of these guys and, and how the, these guys do a difference so we'll be talking about that on the pride of West London on Thursday for Friday the podcast is going to come out Aaron. right let's get the uh, another opposition view we don't need this thing Darren Pads. uh let's uh, get another opposition view from Ryan from Heart of the Heart. how are you Ryan hello you right yeah good 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 pal uh, we just talked about Dean Smith 20 games into his uh, into his reign at Aston Villa what have you made of it so far um, yeah it's been uh, up and down it's been a bit rocky um, obviously I feel, I feel a bit for him at the minute I mean um, Villa fan base are notoriously um, you know with uh, arguably the most demanding fan base in the division and you know they, they, I think a, lo- a large faction of them expect instant success which is never going to happen um, yeah, we've seen uh, a few standout results you know we've been to Derby beat them 3-0 beat Middlesbrough 3-0 and then we're as well um, uh, is, is the problem that we've got at the minute is it's a bit patchwork in there. He's got, um, you know, we've got a lot of on loan players. We've got a lot of players uh, that are coming to the end of the contracts in in the summer. A lot of older players on, on bigger money who probably don't have a future at the club. And um, with that in mind, it, from a motivational perspective, it might be difficult to get the best out of some of these players. And I think that's where we're struggling. But from a from a a philosophy perspective and the, and the way of playing football, um, that's the most positive signs we've seen. Brian, Billy here, mate. How are you? Hi. You all right? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I mean, like, the last time I saw we were we were sitting in the in the globe having a couple of pints, and uh, yeah. that was that was the first time you've been down at Brentford. You weren't quite sure how to expect, and I think I saw you after the game, and you were shell shocked after um, yeah. we smashed you three 0 basically, which is uh, <laughs> which is quite good actually. But um, this is this is a new season, right? And we're here yeah. here now. We've got Dean Smith, who you might say is the master, and you have got Thomas mm-hmm. Smith, Thomas Thomas Frank, who is, uh, who, yeah. is who is who is a pupil. He's probably not quite that. But so you've got the situation where you've got these two meeting, right? Probably similar t- styles of football. How do you yep. think this is going to pan out between the two of them? Because you've, you've seen what's happened with us recently. We have, uh, we've, we've come a, a little bit better than we were about six weeks ago. How do you think it's going to pan yep. out? Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, you know, I think when, when we first came down to the championship, uh, we didn't, no, no disrespect to Brentford, we probably didn't really think too much of them in a, in a sense where we you know we, we would have probably put that down to a comfortable four to six points you know um, but it hasn't turned out to be the case um, you know I know you were discussing before a bit of a bogey side was and that seems to be uh, definitely definitely the case so I uh, know in terms of um, from a from a game perspective um, you know um, it's going to be very interesting um, you know we've seen Smith do this kind of, you know, he wants a lot of high energy players, and we are higher in energy than we were under um, than we were under Steve Bruce, um, and a lot of this, um, you know, high, uh, pressing all over the park. Um, I'm expecting plenty of goals, as as you alluded to. There's been um, uh, we've been a bit shaky defensively. Uh, we're without Axel Tuanzebe, who's, who's uh, you, you know he's been a bit of a standout this season, and James Chester's also been struggling with a few uh, niggling injuries. Um, but 
no, um, you know, uh, Neil Malpai's bagging, uh, banging form. Uh, you know, he's scored plenty of goals this season. Uh, I'm sure um, Ollie Watkins, of course, is a, a, a bit of danger. Uh, we're very susceptible to a, a bit of pace. And, you know, I think Watkins could be your standout man and the, and the one that uh, we need to pay particular attention to. Ryan, I'm going to ask this question, okay, because obviously, you know, there's a little bit of beef that was going on in the, in particular in the first season when you played us because, uh, you know, Villa fans or maybe one particular, a couple of Villa fans basically called us a pub team. So we had a bit of a laugh about the whole pub team thing, you know, especially when we beat you and that went on for a couple of years. Now, I mean, us being a pub team and you coming down to Brentford, I want to know what pub are you going to be drinking in before the game? Um, well, me personally, unfortunately, this season I, I can't make it to the game. Um, uh, unfortunately, um, so. Um, but no, um, yeah. Last time, um, um, well, I've been there for the last couple of seasons, and I've been in the Globe, and um, yeah, it's, it's been a good, it's been a good laugh. To be fair, when we've been down there. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, this time around, I can't make it. Although I was. Um, I, I could have easily got a ticket. It's just due to work commitments, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, Ryan, uh, Robin here. Really good to speak to you. Um, just wanted to ask, bring it back to the match a bit. Um, the D- yeah. the, Dean Smith has had twenty odd games for um, managing mm-hmm. Villa now. Have you noticed a sort of? You said it was a bit up and down. Um, would you put that down to maybe um, a new manager trying to implement a new style of football, and as you said earlier, I think a new philosophy? Um, yeah. Or would you say that there is still that sort of hangover from Dean Smith uh, from? Uh, Steve Bruce, rather. Steve Bruce. Um, there's, there's a couple of points. I mean, we've, we're seeing it with uh, Daniel Farker at, at Norwich. I mean, they're flying at the moment. And, you know, he was trying to uh, work on something when he came in last season at Norwich. And, and, and things are going really well for him now. And, and they're reaping the benefits. Um, as I said a, a little bit earlier on, um, you know, there's, there's two things there. Um, as I say, you've got um, <laughs> Dean Smith and, and Steve Bruce are two totally, you know, uh, different creatures you've got um you know steve bruce very much on the defensive side where i say smith is is very much about um you know this pressing all over the park high in energy and and so there's that switch in in a major switch in, in styles of play and philosophies but then as i say you've got this kind of patchwork team and um you, you know you're talking about the, the likes of you know Whelan, Yedinak, uh, Elphick you know all these elder statesmen which the club have already said you know the way that we're going it, it's not that way it's not with the the the, the tried and uh, and tested really um and so it's going to be difficult to get those players performing as, as well as you might um so yeah, uh, Smith's got a, a difficult one on his hands simply because going through this period of transition, um, uh, again, Villa fans just uh, there is a large faction that just don't get it. They, they you know they think we've got some kind of divine right to success, uh, which which isn't the case. Um, and the sooner they learn that, that, the better. As I say, Dean Smith's not the problem; it's the mentality of some of the fans. Well, so it's Gary here. Um, just going going back to the craziness of Friday night. Um, yeah. <laughs> did you see the comeback, or had you given up at three nil down? I've got to be honest. On Friday, uh, Friday morning, I flew out to my cousin's uh, stag do in Budapest. None of which are none oh, of the Villa fans. <laughs> um, oh. So we were um, uh, obviously. I was checking up the score updates on the phone, and I mean, we couldn't believe it when we saw it was three. You know, three nil down, and uh, you know, fifteen minutes later, I'm checking the score and it's three all. But yeah, um, unfortunately, I couldn't get them to watch the games. So I was a little bit gutted. Uh, but um, but yeah, um, I was there at the uh, the Reading uh, Reading away the the week before, where we were pretty poor, uh, the nil nil. So unfortunately, I didn't get to see the goals. You know. Indeed. So so listen, Ryan. Big game Wednesday. You yeah. haven't beaten us for about I don't know fifty, sixty years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be the one? Uh, I hope so. I mean, I'm. I, I can't say I'm quietly confident. I mean, um, give us a score prediction. Go, on, go. Ahead. Give us Ooh, a score prediction. Score prediction. I'm going to go for two each. Oh, two each. Desmond, there's going to be goals. I think both teams will score. Okay, listen, nice one, right? Listen, the fence one. Thank you very much for joining us, Ryan. They're from Heart of the Hulk. Very quickly, there was late action at Molyneux, uh, where Wolverhampton Wanderers grabbed a 95th minute equaliser, questionable equaliser. Willie Bolly heading in after uh, wrapping his arms around the Newcastle United goalkeeper Martin Dubravka. Uh, but yeah, Rafa Benitez very, very, very angry at the end of that. Wolves one, Newcastle one is how it finished. Gents, how do you see this one going? 
Oh, me. 2-1 to Brentford. I've got 3-2 to Brentford. I've got 3 all. I'm going to go uh, like flight with Sheffield United. That's right. So it's all, all, all over the place. But listen, I've just got to talk about a couple of things here as well. Friday now. Podfast is not going to be on Thursday because obviously you've got a game on Wednesday. We record it on Thursday. It's going to be a cup special podcast going out on Friday. And we're trying to get a player who played in one of our previous FA Cup fifth round. So he's going to be on that podcast on Friday. Pride of West. London. I can't wait for it. Yeah, well, listen, of course, well, <laughs> Fulham, it's not against Fulham because they got knocked out, don't forget. So, anyway, also, don't forget. <laughs> this guy's obsessed, you know that. <laughs> yeah. Dulwich Hamlet versus Brentford B team is going to be at the Champ- uh, Champion Hill. Really, really, really good ground to go to. Really, really friendly fans. Brilliant bar. It's going to be a great night. Get your bees fans down there. It's only six quid to get in. Easy to get to from Clapham Junction down to Denmark Hill or, you know, wherever else it's going to be. Go down there. I'll see you down there and have a drink with you. And that's Tuesday night, 7.45 kickoff. Champion Hill, Brentford B versus Dulwich Hamlet. Don't forget your Come six on the pound bees. ticket also gets you into the game as well as that picture opportunity with Billy Grant <laughs> over <laughs> it. Um, Swansea, Sunday, FA Cup on the coach. We're going to be down there, M4, Swansea, big, big, big game. But we'll talk about that in Pride of West London on Friday. I can't wait for it. Me and Paddy are having the night off tomorrow. I'm taking him out <laughs> on a romantic <laughs> Valentine's occasion. I cannot wait for it. Fulham? Uh, I'm, no, not Fulham, Billy. <laughs> I don't support Fulham. My team are playing in the Champions League tomorrow evening, so me and him are going for a romantic Not next evening. season, though. No. Sorry, mate? Not next season, though. What? <laughs> what oh leave it out uh, yeah we're back I'm back Thursday night with your Tottenham uh, fan chat and it's going to be a Valentine's special make sure you get those uh, love song requests into us Paddy, Paddy wants to get his 7 inch out have a great night <laughs> this is Love Sport the TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.